We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores, the games every day. Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by Untuck It and BetOnline.ag. Darius is already laughing at me because I'm screwing so much of this up, and it's all edited out, and you cannot hear it. Uh, we're going to start. The, got a very exciting show for you today. Uh, going to start with the BetOnline.ag playoff preview of the week. We are at the All-Star break, and the playoffs are coming up. So we're going to start taking a look at, hey, how did the Lakers match up with this Western Conference opponent and that Western Conference opponent? Uh, remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, or for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. So my, let's talk about the Nuggets, man. Lakers just played them. Of all of the like pretty good teams in the West, I think the Lakers match up with them the best. And the reason for that, and I thought they showed this over and over again last night, is Denver does not have an athletic front court. Both Jokic and Millsap are wonderful players, but in terms of just size, speed, or speed and strength, more uh, more like it, uh, and, and leaping ability, you know, athleticism in general, they cannot hang with our front line, man. What, did you see anything along the same lines? I did, though I will add this caveat. We have not seen Michael Porter Jr. yet this season. Mm-hmm. Um and he's an athlete. And, he's, and he he's is a, big. He and, is yeah. big and athletic, long. So I don't want to say that he's like the prototypical type of forward who can give the Lakers problems. He sort of lacks the strength. He's so young, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he is not like a Ben Simmons type of athlete. Sure. Um, but I was very interested to see what he looked like against the Lakers front line. Um, and he didn't play last night. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that. It was very interesting to me that the Nuggets started Jeremy Grant, um, and apparently he's been starting for them. 
And, mm-hmm. and he is sort of one of those run and jump athletes, right? Um, mm-hmm. The problem is, is he plays power forward and not small forward. And right. he has to guard Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis is also a run and jump athlete who is just bigger than Grant. He's, you know, on par athletically, if not more athletic. Um, and at that size, that makes a difference. And, and so I just wanted to add that in because while I totally agree with you on Jokic and on Paul Millsap, um, Grant and Porter Jr. are interesting test cases into how the Lakers would match up against that type of front court. Although mm-hmm. I still think that Anthony Davis is like the ace up the sleeve when, when sure, it comes to sure. those those types of guys. And we'll talk more about this, but I also think he's the ace up the sleeve against Jokic. I think LeBron mm-hmm. is also an interesting sure. matchup. So, but let's get back to Denver because I really want to hear your thoughts about sort of not only the front court matchups, but the rest of the matchups like all over the court. So like Jam- Jamal Murray, for example, had a very good game in that game. But one thing that stood out to me in both of the games where LeBron has played, we played them at home and got blown out in a game. Le- it was kind of a scheduled loss. They sat LeBron for that game. So really the two matchups where we were close to full strength with apologies to Michael Porter Jr., the Lakers won in Denver and Jamal Murray has to contort himself around the rim. That was the big thing that I noticed from really all of the guys on Denver was because of that. As somebody who's uh, played ball and not exactly been taller than everybody else, uh, the things you have to do to get a shot off in around the rim, the, the positions you have to bring the ball, put your body in, the contortions, just to not get it blocked. When I see that, like I, I refer that back to my own basketball, uh, you know, points of reference. And that's like, they've got too much of that on Denver to survive our, our athleticism and length. So anyway, that's, th- there you have it. That's the betonline.ag, uh, playoff preview of the week. Remember to use the promo code bluewire, all one word for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. We are going to be celebrating now the entirety of this season. This, I've been a Laker fan. I was born in 1980. I have no conscious memories of not being a Laker fan. Earliest season I, I really remember was the 84, 85 season. Um, and so that's, gosh, how many championships is that? I think that's eight where I was like old enough to remember. Yep. And for me, this was a top three pre all-star break season. I don't know where the season's taking us. I don't know where it's going to uh, end up. Um, and, and obviously this is putting aside Kobe and what happened with that. But the joyfulness of last night's game was, that was so much fun, dude. That like, it was everything that I love about this team. And in these like dog days where I've totally gotten it, you've tweeted this a couple times that, man, they've been in this mental place for like two weeks mm-hmm. now where they're just not all the way there. And that's true of a lot of teams right now. They mustered it up. They, they were sloppy as hell, but they, the energy and the passion, there were so many plays, the LeBron throw down, Caruso saving the ball from going out of bounds, throwing it inside, the LeBron and Caruso diving. Yeah. They didn't get it, but them both diving for the ball at the same time. Uh, all of that was just spectacular, man. And I, it was just such a, an exciting way to conclude the, the pre all-star break, man. What are your, when you think of this first half of the season, a little over a half of the season, what comes to mind for you? No, so I agree with everything that you just said about sort of like what the season has been like to this point. 
I just want to jump back really quickly to the Denver game. The things I saw at the beginning of that game were very indicative of where the team has been for the last couple of weeks or so. The Lakers have had some blowout wins during that stretch, right? Like they just demolished the Suns. Yes. Well, everyone's going through this same thing, no, right? Totally. Like nobody's playing at I think, their and best then right you now. You mentioned Kobe earlier. I that that coincides perfectly with this stretch as well. And and, and so there has just been a mental and emotional yeah, exhaustion. I saw the team recently when they were um in San Francisco mm-hmm. to to play the Warriors. Um and I talked to some folks who were around the team a lot. They definitely mentioned to me that you you know things are starting to get back on track but they're not there yet so so all of that is sort of out there mm-hmm. the start of this game was super sloppy the lakers looked a step slow so i just wanted to say thank you to mm-hmm. monty morris right so <laughs> no well i i, I mean don't uh, if, don't poke if, the bear huh? even look at the body language look at the body language of lebron in that instance right he was walking off sort of mm-hmm. slump-shouldered a little bit. He had a little bit of Eli Manning in him mm-hmm. after an interception, right? Um, sure, sure. Mon- Monty Morris chirps, uh-huh. chirps at him. <laughs> LeBron turns back and is sort of like, ah, like whatever. Like I, I'm not even going to muster the energy to even acknowledge you right now. And then you could tell right, in his right. head, you saw it click to him <laughs> right. like, wait, are you shit talking LeBron James? Like it was almost like a third person <laughs> type of thing, right? <laughs> and then right sure, after of that, it was. It's Caruso LeBron comes James. in the yeah. game and then Dwight comes in the game and the energy just started to turn. And the Lakers have not had a lot of moments like that recently, like in this most recent stretch, but that specific stretch was sort of indicative to me of what this first half of the season has been like it has been the lakers sort of showing this great ability to say you know what we're going to turn it on right now and mm-hmm. y'all are in trouble they're an now. avalanche when they and do. when you talked yeah. about before yeah. we got on the pod just sort of this energy that you had coming out of that win how often have we felt that this year like it it's it really has been like 41 and 12, man. Mm-hmm. That's just an unbelievable record to go into the all-star break with. Like you and I, and I've mentioned mm-hmm. this too to you before, is that whole Phil Jackson idea of getting to 40 wins before 20 losses, right? Well, they, they've they mm-hmm. got four at 41 mm-hmm. now and only 12 losses. They are clearly one of the top teams mm-hmm. in the league. You and I have spent a bunch of time both on this pod and – in each other's messages and on text, that, like doing a fair amount of hand wringing uh, about this team. <laughs> yes, yes, because we want to win a title, man. Like, it, it, but yeah, but they're so good. We have to enjoy them along with wanting to win the title. That's exactly right. Like I have always said, and and this is just informed a lot of my fandom is that winning a championship is hard. Like. We're not on the yes. court. We're not the players. We haven't put in thousands of hours of work throughout the season. I don't feel like I have the right to call the season a failure if the team doesn't do the thing that I want them to do. And my perspective is almost always like enjoy what you have while you have it. And I did that when they were winning, when Mm -hmm. they were winning a bunch. 
Um, and I tried to do that as best I could over this last six or seven year stretch when they weren't winning as much, right? Like you talked about sort of mm -hmm. your first memories of being a fan during like the Showtime Lakers era. Well, all of that was all fun. There were no rough moments. And then you're a kid too, yeah. right? And, and so right. it's like every day you turn on the TV right. and it's like KCAL and there's Chick Hearn and you might as well have just gotten a big ass bowl of ice cream mm -hmm. at that point, right? Bro, I thought it was normal to have Jerry West as your GM, Jerry Buss as your owner, Pat Riley as your coach, uh, you know, exactly. Magic Johnson as your your favorite player. Like, and, and as I've got and older and that stretch of us losing by the way makes this season all that more sweeter right because it's that like taste of the other side of what it's like to be a basketball fan and so now man we're all just like i'm so fired up after that game it's like hours later it's the next day that we're recording this and just like there's a joyfulness to this team that i can't help but reflect off of it yeah, and I just thought it was a great way for this team to sort of go into the all-star break. It wasn't a blowout win. It wasn't, right? And so there are plenty of ways to win a basketball game. Mm -hmm. They they steamrolled the Suns. They, they did as little mm -hmm. as possible to win when they were in San Francisco to play the Warriors, right? This was a game <laughs> right. where they That's needed right. metal. They needed mental toughness. They needed something in the reserves and they needed a certain want. And you, you know, like, look, how many road teams, how many road teams would have folded in overtime when the Lakers were up four with like a minute and a half left and Denver went mm -hmm. bucket, stop, bucket, right? And then LeBron misses the buzzer beating jumper mm -hmm. and they're at home. They, they're... They're the team who has the momentum now. They've gotten a couple of consecutive stops. They got some key baskets. They were the ones who should have taken control going into overtime. And this Lakers team said, no, no, we have LeBron James. We have Anthony Davis. We're the better team. And we're going to show it right now. And look, overtime, five-minute period, Denver scored five points in overtime. They Bro, had their defense, the defense when it's locked in. Oh my God. Denver had an offensive rating of 55.6 <laughs> over that five minute stretch. The Lakers uh -huh. put the clamps on, right? They showed a physical toughness and a desire to basically just put the screws on them defensively. Right. And there was really nothing that Jokic or the Nuggets could actually do mm -hmm. to fend them off, right? No, that's what I'm saying. Avery Bradley had a quote that made my eyes, my eyebrow raise where he was talking about how they beat them twice. I'm paraphrasing here, but they beat them twice and it's kind of like they've already defeated them. Someone asked if it was uh, important for the playoffs and he made a pretty declarative statement about that with like, hey, we beat you in your house twice. But what you're saying right there, like Denver knew, like how many how many BS attempts did they try, like trying to draw a foul? That's when, that's another, like, I'm not as athletic than, as you, so I'm going to try and like game the system yeah. type thing, right? Cause I know I can't get it on legit means, right? And so there were so many of those possessions because Denver knew they, they knew they could not hang with the Lakers locked in like that. And it was just the most joyful way to end the first part of the season. And we're going to keep talking about that once we get back from break. You ever seen untucked button down? They look bad. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's untuck it. The original button down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. 
No matter your size or shape, Untucket shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. Since they've got over 50 fit combinations, Untucket shirts look great on guys all shapes and sizes. It can be frustrating when you're looking to find a shirt that fits your frame, but you just can't find anything. But Untucket takes care of that. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free, button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untucket, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is super easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. All right, Pete, so, so we're back. And when you're talking about sort of celebrating this season, to me, one of the best parts of this year has sort of been the ideas we had about certain players or what this team could be on some of that being turned on its head, right? And so mm-hmm. I've got a couple of players for you, or three players actually, and talk to me some about what you've seen from them and if you could rank them, like what's your sort of biggest surprise and what you feel sort of most happy or excited about this year. Um, the first is Dwight Howard's resurgence. Um, mm-hmm. The second mm-hmm. is KCP becoming like really turning his season and sort of his the perception of him around as as a Laker. Mm-hmm. And the third is quietly Avery Bradley and his effectiveness. I've mm-hmm. got some stats for Bradley for you. Oof. I'm working on a Bradley piece right now, actually. Yeah, so I'm right but there. But I'm going to save it till after you're finished. So so talk to me some about those three guys. Oh, damn, man. I can. So first off, I cannot rank them because all three in different ways play into uh, there's a what's the word I'm looking for when when you like finally climb over the mountain, right? Like when you finally have have overcome, right? That's the word is when you've like overcome and they've all overcome something different, right? Before I get into those, the individual aspects of their game, like Dwight and the perception of Dwight as a person, right? And as Dwight seems to have found his happiness, has found his his place in the world, not just in the basketball world, but in the world. And there's a, a contentness to him that it's just beautiful to watch somebody fail and fail and fail in a certain aspect and then have it finally click and for that to happen as a laker and just the he is a big part of the joy of this team and the fans bro the fans in denver how many how many road games have we played this season like actual road games very few right it ain't no coincidence bro we have not lost outside of staples center to a western conference opponent this year yeah it's the all-star break they lost to the Clippers on opening night. They have not lost on the road to a Western Conference team. Western Conference road wins. Ridiculous. NBA, NBA yeah. record. No team's ever done that within their conference to won that many games in a row. And a big part of it's the fans, right? And, and just like the engagement and, and just the, there's life to every Laker game. You know this, you saw this uh, in, in the Golden State game. Um, and Dwight has been an ambassador from the players to the fans the, the it's so I, and i get it man like if i were a player I, I probably wouldn't talk to the fans right because people can be mean right and then people can have these unrealistic expectations it's like why am i wasting my time with this dwight has gone out of his way to people who actively yeah. hated him by the way gone out of his way to be like yo we're in this together you know uh, yep. raising his hands up when he makes a block or something like that and and so 
he's just he's at peace, man. And and that is amazing. Move that to Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley's issues yeah. have been more physical. I'm, I'm working on this piece for The Athletic that should be out by the time that you guys are listening to this. And one of the things that's been really startling from looking at his old tape has been, like, he was a good athlete, man. He had really good lateral quickness. And boy, could he heat up the ball, man. He was so good as a ball pressure guard. He's good at it now, but he was like best in the league ball pressure guy. And it just an absolute joy to watch. But some physical issues have have taken that away from him, but he's still pretty young, man. And, and he is starting to that injury that he suffered in San Antonio, I think in the seventh game of the season. Um, he, I think he's taken a really long time to like yeah. get his legs back. And we see that with his jumper, but we also see that defensively. I still have concerns with him defensively um, and, and his ability to defend the kind of guys we want him to, but Either way, he is, um, he's overcoming, he's endured and he has overcome some of the physical issues to be like, the reason I wanted to write this thing on Avery in the first place is like, I'm like, oh yeah, that dude used to be a pretty good player in this league. And he's starting, there are elements of his game where he does not fit the analytics era quite the way that he did five years ago. And he's got to catch up in that respect. So that's kind of the next thing for him to sure. overcome if he can. And then last is KCP, man. Like, how much crap did he take from us? And he just worked and worked and worked. And he goes hard every single night. And I respect the hell out of that. And he's going to have good shooting games and bad shooting games. But he's been absolutely fearless. So I cannot possibly rank the three of those things. But just from a, like, why I like sports, aside from the uh, mechanical yeah. aspects of how the sport works and all the, the the nerdy stuff with that, just on the human side of things, I could not have possibly asked for a better season. No, so all of that is so true. Um, I'm definitely like, oh, you know me. I, I am always maybe even too considerate of like the people side uh, like of this sure, and, and sure. how personalities fit and remembering that these guys are humans and that they have things going on like, like in their yeah. own lives as well that impact things. Getting back to Bradley for a second, I was looking at his stats recently. What? as recently as this morning, actually. And did you know that over the last 20 games, he is shooting 47.1% on threes? Yeah, man. Like, that's, <laughs> He's been really good. That's a quarter of the season, right? And yeah, so- That's not a small sample, yeah. And three, like three and a half attempts a game, basically, there have been a lot of ups and downs with all of the Lakers guards this season. And- there's a certain amount of energy and consistency, not necessarily with the scoring or the shooting, but but just with like approach that I appreciate mm -hmm. with what you brought up about KCP and playing hard and Avery Bradley sort of yes. dogged determination. Yes. And and you see that with like Caruso as well, too, and Danny Green even as well, right? Like a lot of these guys are mm -hmm. up and down. I feel like and I don't want to turn. Well, it's as scorers though, right? It's a, it's as like it's as skill type stuff, and that stuff come and goes. But they are the same guy in every game, right? Like you can depend on them to be the same person, behave the same way. Maybe the shots go in, maybe they don't, but they're the, they they act the same way. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the hallmarks of like quality role players, right? It is right, sort right. of bringing the best version of yourself every single game even if that doesn't mean like you bring the best version of your game every single game, right? Mm -hmm. And look, man, like I feel like it's super easy to get disillusioned 
ironically enough, when you watch a team that's this good, right? Be, be, because your mind then mm -hmm. starts to drift towards what's possible and how close they are to reaching mm -hmm. that, that end goal. And in your own mind, I think it's easy to continue to move the goalposts yourself, right? Like, oh, well, well sure. they haven't beat this team or they're oh and whatever against these, these types of teams or look at this flaw here or this individual player is, is making me mad. But I feel like when you really are able to take a step back and sort of look at where this team is right now with the record they have with with all the little things that go into getting that record, man, like playing through like playing through things that other players and this isn't shade, but playing with like nicks and bruises and little nagging things that other players pro probably would sit through, um, making mm -hmm. determinations very on very early on in well in the season, if not before the season e even started, that they weren't going to load manage. They weren't going to take games off. Mm -hmm. And again, that's no shade towards the people who are proponents of that, who really do believe in that as science and as something that is going sure. to really be helpful to them later during the season. This, spe this specific Lakers team, though, made a different determination that, that what's going to help them later during the season is sort of building that continuity and the mindset that they're going to push right. through, right? Like, I think that's just as much a conscious decision as going the other way. There's no right or wrong with that. It's just different approaches. And I'm super appreciative of the approach that, that this team has taken with that. When you go through things together, it makes your relationship stronger, right? Like when you can endure, that is something that is going to serve the Lakers well in the playoffs. Now, the Clippers are load managing, right? And that may very well serve yeah, them yeah. well in the playoffs. It, there's not just one way to do this. But when there's a new group, I, I, I really think that, and obviously the, the Kobe stuff throws another layer of complexity on the idea of mm -hmm. enduring something and something that's very unusual that I have no idea and feel kind of gross talking about, like, is that going to help them win a yeah, title? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, but... It, it is a like it's a collective experience that they will that I won't I won't, I won't even no, talk, no, no. talk about that. So um, I think you're so I'm going to cut you off. Me, right. So. Got it. At that point. Yeah. So when you're Sounds saying good. collective experience like. Those things. Those types of challenges. Right. And, and I don't. And this is where we start to move into how sports really are real life. And I think that this relates back to the point that we were talking about earlier about these guys being humans, right? And there is that collective experience of dealing with all kinds of things, both on and off the court, that can help you forge bonds and being together. One of the lasting images that I'll have in the wake of everything that has, that has come with Kobe's tragic passing is that picture of all of them on the bench together and LeBron with his arm around Quinn Cook, who was out, out of all mm. the players, I feel like Cook has, has yeah. probably been the most affected based off of just based off of his experience of, of growing up a Lakers fan and and his age, right? Like mm -hmm. LeBron is 
like LeBron and Kobe yeah. were basically peers. Like LeBron can talk about looking up to Kobe, and but it's just but, not the same. But as it's like not a the same, especially yeah. when you think about it within the context of Quinn Cook and his father, and like the Laker fandom, and and all of that, right? And so yeah. what that image is one that sticks with me, and it will stick with me whether they win or lose, and. And yes. when we and when you talk about like let's celebrate this Lakers season, like I do not interpret that as only celebrating the record or celebrating the wins or like the yes. dunks, right? Thank you. That's I, so like yes. I think about that within the context of of the journey and where they're trying to go and what they're trying to accomplish. And I don't want to like be like oh and turn this super sappy or corny, but but, no, but towards do. the end please of Kobe's do. career, I think that he truly reflected on this yes. idea of process and journey rather than just the destination. And I think that that was a part of his evolution as a man as much as it was his yeah. evolution as a player and a leader, right? And yeah. If I can add to that, if I can add to that real quick, the the other element that I think he really embraced was like... Ooh. Yeah. Still hard, man. Was uh Yeah. Inspiring, you know, inspiring the next generation. Do you remember what Kobe's last play was? Remind me. It was it was right, we remember the crazy shot making and all of that. There was just such a poetry to his last play. And I remember, like, I was already crying like a baby in the last two minutes of that game. And then it was just so poetic. He um he got the defensive rebound and he threw like a majestic 80-foot outlet pass to Jordan Clarkson. And he dunked it. And it was like Kobe. Whoa. It was Kobe, you know, throwing it ahead yeah. to the future. And he did that off the court with all of the players that he mentored, all the kids on that team who were kicking ass. Jordan Clarkson scoring friggin' 46 in a shout out to, shout out to JC. Like, JC, baby, he just needed a city where it didn't have any, you know, uh, well, apparently they do have strip clubs. I, you know, I learned something new, but uh, with minimal light, nightlife, at least. Um, but all them kids, man, all them kids are yeah. doing all right. They played with, they're making money. They're taking care of their family. They've got big roles on their teams that are important. And, uh, um, you know, Kobe passed it ahead to them whether it was them or all the players around the league that he inspired and that he took care of. And this takes me back to that moment that you said about LeBron yeah. on the bench with Quinn Cook. LeBron has emerged as almost a paternal figure. And if not a paternal figure, that yeah. older brother where his presence, his words, his actions make you feel yeah. like it's going to be okay. And that got nothing to do with the championship, but just the overall process of what this is all yeah, about. Yeah, I've been, and this is where I will bring it back to basketball a little bit because the approach that this team has taken, and they haven't been perfect every night, and we have sort of like, I would say, been frustrated at times about how hard they've competed 
within some games and how much that they've done of this or that or their commitment to defense or how seriously they're they're going to take an an opponent but in the big picture in the aggregate this team has made its bones on competing and they've done that as a collective and as a group and yeah. and the chemistry and the togetherness that this team has is a key driver for whatever they're going to accomplish this year. And honestly, it's been a long, it's been a long, long time since I feel like that has been at the essence of a team, of a Lakers team that you and I have rooted for, right? Like that's yeah. different. That's different than like the sort of, um, revenge tour aspect that existed with like the 09 and 2010 championship teams and it's different sure. than sure. those early kobe and shaq teams if anything it sort of reminds me of 2008 to a certain extent like this team this current team has uh -huh. so much more weight yeah. on it and, and expectations yeah, yeah. right like the beauty of that that 2008 team was how quickly it all sort of came together and and they sort of came uh, out of nowhere right and and then that was thrilling yeah. in in its own right but that team also saw, sort of had this ah very early in the season it was like ah like we sort of have something together and we're going to believe in in yeah. each other yeah. and we're going to do it and it's been so interesting and and honestly just like great to watch a mostly veteran team now right that team was like oh it had kobe as like the patriarch yeah. and and fish right but then right. it was also like andrew bynum and and jordan farmar and and like Vujicic, kids, a bunch of kids right? yes Sasha. right yeah, and, yeah. And, and to now see sort of this this incarnation of veterans come come together and bring sort of that same joy what like what stood out to yeah. you most from that denver game because i can tell you what stood out most to me was just how much damn fun lebron james was having by the end of the game H how often oh. he was just smiling yes. and looking like uh -huh. there's nothing i'd rather be doing than being out here and playing this game with like my guys and that's right that's a feeling that i feel like more of us as fans should sort of try to capture on a game to game basis. Not, and not because we shouldn't be frustrated at times or we shouldn't think about the implications of some of the roster holes, but because damn it, like watching this team is fun and they're a really good basketball team. And so let's do that too. And let's appreciate that. Yeah, man, that, that's exactly it. This is a this is a team that deserves our our love and to have us behind them. They did not make the roster moves that I wanted them to make. That's okay. That's not how life works, where everything happens the way that you want it to. But they deserve our hearts. You hear it in every road arena. Laker fans showing up continue to do that. Um, love this team. 
Thank you for the 2019-20 Lakers. Here's to an amazing second half of the season. We're going to be taking a little break over the All-Star break. I think everybody needs a little bit of time off to after everything that's that's happened. And uh, we're going to hit it hard in the second half of the season. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the show. You've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you after the All-Star break. Ains has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front. Broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic. Got it. Magic fires, it's good, and the Lakers win the game! The Lakers win the game! Gamble in and out, the ball is tipped, and it's saved. Three seconds left, here's Van Exel. This is for the win, he got it! Kobe Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds. An amazing performance by Kobe. with his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking you, around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I know Red Arbach is uh, rolling over. Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you that's kidding it? me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? How strong was that? A triple and a fall away in the corner with a shot clock down. Lakers by three. Ryan spinning in the lane. And the critical part was Pietras jogging back, didn't bounce the floor. It's a two-for-one situation. Kobe Bryant picked up by Powell. There's the move. Two, one, missing. Unbelievable. Bryant, yes. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me?